Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 from Geek Vibes Live. As always, I am your host, Tia, and I am joined with a fellow Geek Vibes Nation writer with me, AJ. Welcome, AJ. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) And our Top 10 today, which is going to be the Top 10. And DC movies was actually inspired by AJ. You know, every week we have to come up with a new list, and sometimes it gets a little difficult to do that. But AJ came in with a fantastic idea because we have done the top 10 MCU movies. And the thing is, we can't really do the top 10 DCEU movies just because I don't really think that there's enough of them. So just to kind of get our viewers up to speed, this is going to be the top 10 DC movies that includes the DCEU, prior DC movies, and DC animated movies. So I think that we're going to have a really good list today. Right now it's just AJ and I'll see if I can get anyone else on the phone, but that's perfectly okay. I say let's just jump into this. AJ, give us your top 10. Okay, so starting with Batman Under the Red Hood. This, there's a lot to say for this one. This this is one of the most emotional Batman movies slash comic books I've ever read with the spoiler, Death of Jason Todd, the brutality of the Joker, um, the moment Batman realized realizes that Jason isn't dead and he's going on a rampage um, to get at the Joker. And that scene, the scene where um, um, Jason Todd, Batman, and Joker are together in the warehouse, it gives me, it's, it's one of the emotional scenes I've ever seen cinematically. And there was a quote, and they said, like, why I'm not talking about killing Pink, why I'm not talking about killing Penguin or Scarecrow or Dent. I'm talking about him, just him, and doing it because because he took me away from you. That line, of every, I feel like that is the most emotional line that I've ever felt in any Batman movie. Sorry, AJ, I had you on mute for a second. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, I had myself on mute. I'm sorry. Not you on mute. I had myself on mute. I could hear everything oh, okay. you were saying. Uh, no, no, no. I think that is a great choice for our number 10 just because I think that a lot of people are going to agree with you that Batman Under Red Hood is simply one of the best animated uh, Batman movies and probably one of the best Batman movies, period. Um, and now that we're kind of talking about that, I have a question for you because 
I think, you know, you probably know that uh, Supernatural's Jensen Ackles voiced Red Hood. And there's kind of been this, like, debate as to whether, you know, who would play him in the DC. He's a perfect choice. There's no debate about that. I think he should be Red Hood and only Red Hood. I'm not sure who I would choose for Batman as of yet, but Jason, as Jason Todd, would be perfect. I love him as Supernatural, even though I watched like three seasons of it because it just kept going (laughs) on. He is obviously the best part of Supernatural. Well, yeah, and um, for, I guess, anyone out there who's a Supernatural fan, it just got renewed for its... uh, 15th season, so Jensen uh, Ackles is a little caught up, so I guess if they ever did want to bring him on as Red Hood, they might have to wait a little on that, but what do you think about uh, in the DC Universe? I know that we do have someone playing Jason Todd. Have you watched Titans? I did, and I would well, I I'm happy that it's separated because I like the new person that's playing Jason Todd. He gives he gives the brutality of Jason Todd, the he gives the confidence of Jason Todd and that's what I love about him. But if we're going on with the movie I feel like it could it can be different. It's the same but with a different um Oh my goodness, actor. And I feel like Jason Ackles would do he he would do amazing in it. Yeah, I mean, I, it it really seems like for right now that they're planning on keeping all of those uh, different mediums separate. I don't think that they're planning on combining the DC universe with the DCEU, so we can definitely have a Jason Todd in the. DC Universe and have a separate actor in the DCEU. So, uh, AJ, great choice for the number 10 Batman under the Red Hood. Uh, I'm going to take the number 9. And, you know, if if no one happens to join us this one, we're going to have a lot of, you know, you and I can go a bunch of different times. So, um, (laughs) I'm going to choose, I'm going to be like kind of controversial I feel here by picking what I'm about to pick and you're probably going to yell at me but um, (laughs) for number nine because again this is at the bottom of the list I'm going to pick Suicide Squad and I know that so many people dislike this movie and so many people are going to if people are listening they're going to be like oh my god you're picking Suicide Squad but I'm going to pick it as one of my favorite uh, DC movies, one of my certainly one of my favorite movies within the DCEU. I love any time we get something that is a bunch of misfits uh, all together and they are thrown into a situation where they have to battle for a common good and no one has confidence in them. I just think that the cast, was really great. I loved Will Smith as Deadshot. I loved Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, I loved Jay Courtney as Boomerang. I mean, I can go on and on. I thought they were great. I mean, you have Viola 
Davis playing, you know, Amanda Waller, and she was just so badass in that role. I know that there was some flaws in the movie, obviously, the whole thing with um, the Enchantress and stuff like that, but I love the musical soundtrack of it. Um, I just thought it was a fun movie. I can keep watching that movie and have fun while watching it, and I think that, to me, is why it's one of my favorite, certainly in the DCEU. I know that James Gunn, for those who don't know, James Gunn, who was let go by Marvel, is actually set to both write and direct the next Suicide Squad, which is not being described as a sequel so much as a relaunch. And instead of it being called Suicide Squad 2, it's being called The Suicide Squad. And he's kind of expected to recast, which is a little disappointing. Um, I would have liked to see Will Smith return. I would have liked to see Jake Courtney return. And I would have liked to see Joel Kinnaman return. I know that all of them have been training a lot for their return in anticipation. Margot Robbie doesn't have to worry because she's doing Birds of Prey. So she's okay either way. But, yeah, so as far as number nine, I am going to pick the, you know, Suicide Squad. I would love to know your thoughts on my probably <laughs> insane choice. <laughs> okay. Um, I also enjoyed Suicide Squad as well. I enjoyed everything from the DCEU, but I have so many issues with Suicide Squad. Like <laughs> like you mentioned in Chantress, which was, uh, oh, my goodness. I don't even know how to describe what she was in that movie. She was a terrible villain. Um, the editing was bad. Yeah, That's one of the big problems I had with the editing. Um, like you said, though, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, um, oh, dang, who played um, uh, Viola Davis and everybody else, they did, perfect, they did a perfect job acting and portraying those characters, I thought. And Margot Robbie, I feel like is like underappreciated as Harley Quinn. I feel like that she's up there with like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, um, Ben Affleck as Batman. I know that's controversial sometimes. Uh, who else? Well, I Steve certainly Jackman. think that yeah. I I certainly think that uh, Margot Robbie is under you know appreciated in that role. As you said, I mean, uh, we think of certain actors as their characters, like Hugh Jackman, <laughs> like Ryan Reynolds, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. But um, mm-hmm. we we have our first live action Harley Quinn with Margot Robbie, which and is she beautiful. Did, beautiful she's Mm -hmm. a fantastic actress she's gorgeous she really embodies that character so well and she's going to do amazing in birds of prey i've seen the little teaser i've seen the the behind the scenes photos i think she looks great how i have have some problems with that teaser but we can go on that another time <laughs> well, you know, I feel like we kind of have time because it's just the two of us, so um, why not? What what okay. do you see as your issues with that? Um, I feel like that they shouldn't have released that until they actually got everything together. I I know that it's for the fans and all, but 
I feel like it just makes people more nervous about how they will actually look in the movies. Like, I was talking to this guy on Twitter the other night saying that the look, as of now, doesn't look good besides, like, Harley Quinn, of course. And everything else surrounding Harley Quinn looks like a darker tone, even though it was just like a, it was a tease, which cool and all to know that they're working on it. But I don't know if they should have started off with that. I think my biggest problem is they were doing the teaser to kind of get people excited for it. And my biggest problem is they showed, um, oh, God, how do I pronounce his name? Ian McGuire? Oh, my God. I'm so terrible with that. Um, Or as Black Mask, and it didn't look like anything. Someone said, was it you? Someone said he looked like Bono a little, and I was like, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why I have a problem with that, because it's not it's not going to portray what they actually look like in the movies. It's just a... What, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just... Well, I certainly hope that there. they that they improve it and it starts looking better. But, um, again, Margot Robbie, she's amazing. And she really made Suicide Squad for me. Um, her kind of – I really liked the way she and Will Smith's dead shot played against each other, and that was mm-hmm. a really cool aspect of their, Suicide Squad. Their chemistry Squad. was amazing. Their chemistry was amazing, much better than with Jared Leto's Joker, which I don't have the biggest – problem with. I know that a lot of people dislike his Joker. I love I loved his Joker. I, yeah. People are going to hate yeah. me for this, but I loved his Joker. <laughs> he just had like he didn't have any screen time to be what he was actually supposed to be. And, yeah, just, and that so, movie focused on the Joker. That feel like so, Suicide I would have been a hundred times better. And someone pointed that out, that any time we've gotten the Joker in the past, they've been the main villain with the Dark Knight, with, you know, Jack Nicholson. We've had a chance to really see their Joker develop, and we didn't get that with Jared Leto's Joker. And I think even David Ayer had said that he should have made the Joker the main villain, and you should have. I think we would have been able to see more of Jared Leto's acting capability and been able to appreciate a little more. I had no problem with it. People got on his tattoos and everything. And I'm like, you have to look at the context of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. he, wouldn't have made, he wouldn't have made sense looking any any other way except the way he did. The problem is, is that the comic book fandom has, like, one specific comic in mind, and they don't think of, like, the overall aspect of the film. And I feel like that makes them, or us, that makes us, um, what is it, single-minded on how things can expand away from comics but still feel like the comics. Yeah, and I certainly, I, I do feel that because, and I know that you know better than anyone, I feel that anytime we post anything DC-related, People kind of go a little nuts about it, um, and, and you and certainly know. I do know. too at times. I do. <laughs> I do too at times. I just have to usually check myself before I say something. <laughs> I For anyone who doesn't know, AJ is our uh, debater when it comes to Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
watch out for him. <laughs> I get a little heated at times. You know, we all do, and that's kind of what it's for. <laughs> but all right, so um, I'm going to keep my number nine as Suicide Squad. I guess we can move right along. AJ, if you want to give us your number eight. Hmm. Um, I'll do Batman Begins just because we're on the topic of how things can go away from the comics but still feel feel like a comic book movie at the same time, even though that's in itself a debatable conversation. But Christopher Nolan um, did the Batman Begins, and what I liked about it is not even Batman itself, but Ra's al Ghul. And Liam, Liam Neeson did a perf- perfect job um, acting as Ra's al Ghul, and I thought he was really badass. Um, the action wasn't that great, but it does like it does make the film feel natural at its own, and having the characters like interact with each other is what I love most about it. And Hans Zimmer and James um, Newton score for the Batman Begins was just. There's something about Hans Zimmer that I just love, just like John Williams and so many other composers that that feel like natural for the film they they portray. And then I like how they use Gotham as a character, as a character of its own, separate from like Batman, and it just makes everything feel like a Batman movie without it actually being a Batman movie. Yeah, I'm super glad that you picked the Batman Begins because I love that movie. It really set the tone of what Christopher Nolan was trying to do with his uh, Batman films. Uh, Christian Bale was just so good at it. And I think that from what I've read that he was kind of, people were skeptical, at least the people behind the scenes, because they didn't have nearly as much of like, you know, social media presence as they do today to really talk about that. But the people behind the scenes were a little skeptical about Christopher Nolan insisting that they use Christian Bale. But I thought that he did a wonderful job. Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul was a perfect villain in the first introductory film in this process and I think what one of the things that I love most is you know from the Batman animated series Scarecrow is one of my favorite villains and <laughs> they they brought him to life with Cillian Murphy and it was a much different adaptation than what we've seen I think that Christopher Nolan really wanted things to be quote-unquote realistic um, I had read at some point that, um, you know, he didn't want to put the mask in. I don't know if you know this, but Christopher Nolan didn't want to put the mask of Scarecrow in the movie. But, um, oh, my gosh, I forget the other guy who was involved in that movie. But he, you know, insisted that they do that. So they really worked that in to have in this, like, really crazy psychological um messed up way. I love that they introduced that and it really played on Bruce Wayne's fears and I just thought it was a great movie. So 
to really set that tone. Um, I think when we talk about Christopher Nolan's trilogy, that maybe Batman Begins doesn't get spoken about enough. And it's, it's, it's definitely underrated. Because people underrated. talk about the Dark Knight more. Exactly. But I, I love Batman Begins. I think that's a great, um, a, just a really great Batman movie to have Christian Bale really solidify. And then he has, I mean, think about the cast we have. We had Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, <laughs> Christian Bale. I love them. <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, you know, to get Morgan Freeman in a comic book movie, that's fantastic. Um, and Michael Caine as Alfred. I'm sorry. Like, I Michael Caine is the only Alfred to me. I don't know how you feel about it, but... I, you know, I, I, I love loved him, but James Iron is, I feel like, a good Alfred, too. There I, I like him, too. There's a quote and no never mind that's in dark knight <laughs> never mind i'm thinking about dark knight now <laughs> you know it's it's perfectly okay because you can't talk about batman movies without that uh mm-hmm. without the dark knight i feel like so it's really funny i was looking at dc movies for this list i was like okay let me just you know pop it up and see what i can pick from and mostly, Shit. most of the freaking movies are Batman movies. I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to, I was trying to move away from the Batman movies because they're all great, and I didn't want it to be like a Batman list instead of like a DC list. Yeah, exactly. But it's because they've done such a majority of Batman movies, it just becomes that for some reason in the list but you can't again you now we, we're on number eight and we have already two batman movies and i'm sure there's going to be a ton more on the list but i think that number eight as batman begins is just really just a good choice of that um i'll take number seven and kind of following along with the trend of batman movies i'm going to pick uh the dark knight rises um, <laughs> I loved that movie. I remember when I went to the movie theater to go see The Dark Knight Rises, literally the scene where um, he, you know, first puts the cape back on and shows up. The whole entire movie theater cheered during that because it was like, you know, you're given Batman in the beginning of the movie and he hasn't been... Bruce Wayne hasn't been Batman for eight years, and now this new uh, threat is coming, and, you know, he dons the, the, the cape once more. I just thought it was absolutely perfect. Um, I love Tom Hardy as Bane. I think that, if I remember correctly, this was really the movie that kind of put Tom Hardy on the mainstream map. If you were a fan of Tom Hardy, you obviously knew his work before this, but The Dark Knight Rises really kind of, like, made him a household name. And I know that Christopher Nolan took a lot of liberties as far as that character goes, you know, with the mask and his origins and all that, but there's no doubt that you just saw Tom Hardy as Bane and just was absolutely in awe with, like, the sheer physical mass of him. And piggybacking on The Dark Knight, where we had Heath Ledger's Joker, a lot of people were wondering who 
Christian, uh, who Christopher Nolan was going to choose as the villain for his last movie in this trilogy. And some people wanted the Riddler, but uh, Christopher Nolan was really adamant that he wanted to uh, have someone who was like just as physically imposing as uh, Batman to really kind of be his uh, to be his nemesis there. And I, I just loved it. I loved. Tom Hardy's saying I thought he was absolutely perfect in it. There were so many moments I still, you know, like shudder about that moment where uh, I forget the rich guy who's like telling him, you know, I paid you that makes me in charge, and all Bane has to do is put his hands on the guy's shoulder, and he's like, <laughs> do, you feel in, do you feel in charge right now? Um, I, I, I love. I love The Dark Knight Rises. I could still watch it to this day. Um, I, I just really like that movie. AJ, if you want to give me your opinions on The Dark Knight Rises. Um, this is where I have a comic book brain and the way that way, the way I think in that way is that Bane is and Christopher Nolan's Batman is terrible because I already perceive Bane as like either the Batman animated Bane or the Injustice Bane or any other Bane besides what I got. But on the other half, I know what Christopher Nolan was doing and it fit his aesthetic and style of filmmaking for his trilogy. And to speak on the Riddler, uh, I don't know if that would have been a good choice, and I'm happy he didn't choose the Riddler, but he chose Bane for his trilogy for Batman Rises. And what else? It's been a while since I watched that movie. Mm. I mean, what did you think about... Sorry, go ahead. No, what are you going to say? What did you think about the storyline with Talia Al Ghul? Because I, I will say that as far as that movie went, that maybe was a little bit of... Uh, if I had a problem with the movie, I didn't necessarily like her character. I mean, like I said, it's it the aesthetic of his Batman movie. So when I saw that, and I actually liked the twist for that, and on the side note, I actually love Catwoman. This Catwoman more. Anne Hathaway's I, Catwoman. Was I love amazing. Anne Hathaway's mm-hmm. Catwoman. I don't think that gets talked about enough. She was. It, it was an. It was an example of. I never saw Anne Hathaway in that capacity. When they first cast her, I was like, oh, you know, Anne Hathaway. She's so nice. She's so sweet. She's in the- <laughs> You know, she's in those princess movies, and she first comes on, and she looks like the the sweet, like, maid. And when she first has that, like, look on her face where she instantly starts smirking, and she almost, like, falls so easily into the character. Oh, as, as soon as that happens. It gives me chills. It gives me chills <laughs> just thinking about Anne Hathaway oh. and Selena. That's why I hope they get a good Catwoman. For the Batman trilogy, I really hope they do Catwoman, and I want Isaac Gonzalez that played in Baby Driver. 
I feel like that she would be perfect for the role. She would be great for that role because she could embody that little mischievousness that uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle has. And, you know, let's just be honest, the actress is gorgeous, so it would really be a great. (laughs) It would be great. (laughs) It would be a great decision if they brought her in as Catwoman. Um, Yeah, that that was a great casting. Um, But Anne Hathaway was just so good. She really fit into that character great, and I don't think that people recognize that when we go back and we talk about, uh, you know, Batman characters, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to stick with The Dark Knight Rises on number seven, um, just because I love the movie. I understand that, again, people really didn't view Bane like that. You know, we're used to the anime version, we're used to the video game version, um, but I, I like the creative twist that Christopher Nolan uh, picked there. He really, you know, never wanted to bring in a character that had superpowers. I think that he kind of just wanted to stick within this realm where everyone is like, quote unquote, a normal human being, which to say that is, you know, not correct either just because all these characters still were running around in costumes and still had evil plots. But I think that Christopher Nolan wanted to operate his trilogy where it was plausible that this stuff could happen in real Mm -hmm. life. So that, you know, that's where I saw it as it was definitely a creative take on the character, but that's just, just my opinion. So if you guys are joining us, we are going over the top 10 DC movies. I have my amazing co-host today, AJ, with me. We have done uh, number 10 as Batman Under the Red Hood, number 9 as Suicide Squad, number 8 as Batman Begins, number 7 as The Dark Knight Rises. AJ, I'm going to shoot it back over to you for number 6. All right, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I'm actually going to choose B for Vendetta. Um, nice, because it is a DC movie. Yes, and it's the graphic novel is by Alan Moore, which is the per- it's perfect. And to get that right on screen makes it even better. And... It's very heavy on the political aspects of it, but I feel like that's relevant even for today because, you know, Trump and all, I'm not going to get too much into that politics stuff. But um, the performances from Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman were, I feel like, were amazing. And not enough people talk about this movie. Like, people talk about the new stuff like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, not that, but no one, I feel like, like, no one talks about V for Vendetta enough. Um, the characters, Natalie Portman's character, um, Evie gets a lot of character growth, and one of the best characters, I feel like, in, like, the DC movies in general. And it also brought upon the quote, remember, remember the 5th of November, and that's always on Twitter, but that's about it. <laughs> I love that you um, shook it up a little and chose V for Vendetta because 
I didn't actually realize that it was a DC property until I was looking at the list of DC movies and I saw V for Vendetta. I was like, oh, shoot, okay. I wasn't <laughs> aware of that. Um, but that's a great movie that, as you said, I mean, we know the quote, remember the, remember the 5th of November, but it was really such a well-done movie, this, like, orchestrating of it and – as far as, you know, kind of the legacy that the movie has left, it's it's mm-hmm. left this almost, you know, with the mask, the it's the group timeless. Of, it's the timeless, timeless, you know. And as we said, we're not gonna get too much into politics <laughs> here, but <laughs> it is very relevant with what we are dealing with today, what we have been dealing with. And mm-hmm. I I love that we have this type of movie that we can kind of quote and we can kind of feel a connection to and, um, you know, have it relating to real life in a way. So I love that you used uh, V for Vendetta. I'm going to kind of ask a question because, as you know, AJ, we are in the world of reboots and remakes. Do you ever see them uh, doing another adaptation of this movie? I mean, me personally, I don't think they need to redo it. Um, they can put it back in theaters for like a limited time, but I don't feel like it needs to be remade. And if it does, I might want Christopher Nolan. No, I, want, I might <laughs> want um, Dennis... I can't pronounce his last name. Um, the one that directed Villa. Blade Runner, Villeneuve, something like that. Yeah. And who do, you, who do you think would play the roles in uh, in the reboot? <laughs> I, I, I don't think. Here. <laughs> uh, I don't think you need to switch the actor for the character V, but for Evie's character, I have no idea, to be honest. But, you know what? You might have to get back to me on this one. I have to think about it. (laughs) No, of course, I understand. It's just, it's funny because I see every time that you and I are in our group chat and we get another article where it says, blah, 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 is being remade, blah, 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 is being rebooted. And you think to yourself, oh, why, why? I mean, even, <laughs> uh, <laughs> even uh, speaking about DC movies, Watchmen is getting a series now. So it's funny that, especially in today's day and age with our political climate that we have, that no one's kind of, shopping around to do V for Vendetta, but I guess that it could be because it's so timeless that maybe, or just maybe it's on no one's radar right now, but... Um, it's, either, it would, it's either that or, like, it's... I feel like the Watchmen series is going to dive a lot into the political aspects of today's society, but I feel like V for Vendetta... I don't think you can remake that without. It's gonna. The problem is, it's gonna be. It's not even gonna be like. It's not gonna be decisive, divisive. It's gonna be like destroyed. I feel like, from like, 
fans of movies in general because they don't want to, like, move into, like, the political aspects. They just want to enjoy a film for a film. And for V for Vendetta, it's, like, heavy on the political aspects. I don't think it would do good in theaters, but it should be made. And I don't have a problem with remakes because you already have the original and if they remake it, it's either good or it's bad. And you don't have to watch it again if it's bad. So when people complain about, oh, this is being remade or that's being remade, I don't understand why because you already have the original. Well, I'll I'll say really quick, you know, I was a little skeptical when they said, and this is kind of going a little off, but I was kind of skeptical that they were remaking The Lion King. But as soon as I saw that, like, trailer for what we're going to get, I was like, never mind, mm-hmm. never mind. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I wait The Jungle Book was remade, and I felt like, the live action was really, really good. I know people had some problems with it, but they had life to it, and that's what's important for kids, not specifically us, but, like, kids in general to get introduced into the Jungle Book. I feel like it's a good introduction. And I feel like Lion King can do that as well. Yeah, just, like, have a new um, generation, essentially, of people Uh who are enjoying these movies because... You know, original Lion King, I think, came out in, like, early 1990s. So, who knows, you know? Yeah, I think it was, like, 93. I might be way off on that one. It's still freaky to me that there are, like, adults running around that weren't even born in the 90s. They were born in, like, 2000. So, I'm like, wow, you guys really don't know anything, do you? (laughs) And that's why, I think that's why Disney is remaking everything. It's for, like, the next generation of kids. And people complain about that, and I feel like it's our generation and up that are only complaining about it. And well, I, yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, that that's what I don't know. It's like it feels like that's what we like to do. We just like to complain, um, and I think yeah. almost that we feel protective of these movies when, in fact, we should just be embracing that there's going to be another generation of fans mm-hmm. that are enjoying it. I agree. So that's, that's how I personally feel. But uh, AJ, great choice for number six, uh, V for Vendetta. Um, I'm going to, you know, unfortunately go back to the, you know, <laughs> superhero movies just because um, I, I really want to put this on the list. Uh, my number five is going to be Wonder Woman. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, and I should. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a good movie to put in the middle of the list for number five. Um, I first of all, I have to say that when they first cast Gal Gadot, got it. I feel bad that I Gal Gadot. Okay, my bad. I was way off. Um, when they first uh, cast her, I was a little skeptical because, and this may sound very. Um, superficial or something, but I just didn't think that she was big enough, like physically. Because That was most of the people's complaints, and it's understandable. Yeah, because, you know, they're supposed to be Amazon women, and especially mm-hmm. with the new, um, you know, comic book adaptations, they're making her more muscular, and I thought that 
we should have had that a little with her, so I was skeptical. And, in fact, I never went to the theaters to go see Wonder Woman. I only saw this, like, recently. Yeah. Uh, within, I know. Within, like, the past six months recently. Um, and I was, you know, dead wrong. I really like her as Wonder Woman. I thought that the movie, uh, as far as a DCEU movie, has, like, a solid presence to it. She just... Is a re- she could tell she really is comfortable in that role as Wonder Woman. I like that we had it set within uh, World War II. We had her, you know, we had the scenes of her in her home. We had scenes of her uh, discovering, you know, the, the general public pretty much. And I enjoyed Wonder Woman. There's some problems I have with the movie, but... I'll reserve that. I just think that it was a good movie. I watched it, and I was like, wow, I feel bad now that I never, like, decided to, you know, go to the movie theaters and see it because I just think that she's really good in that role. And, in fact, as far as, like, Batman versus Superman and Justice League, she was definitely my favorite part of both of those movies just because anytime she was on screen, I was like, oh, thankfully, we have – Someone with uh with common sense on screen, but I really enjoy <laughs> I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Uh, AJ, you sounded very excited when I picked this, so I'm gonna shoot over to you right now. Negative, you have to say. What did you say? I want to see what are your negative parts. I want to hear um, them. So, <laughs> so my two negative parts were. And this could just be coming from a stance of as a woman, but you know you you have Gal and she's so gorgeous, she really is. And, but you have her fighting in the middle of a battlefield, and dirt is everywhere, and ships flying around, and gunpowder, and she still looks gorgeous. She looks like she's like a supermodel. Yeah. And I'm real and I'm really convinced that during that battle scene that someone was just standing outside of the shot with like a fan to make sure <laughs> that her hair was like waving. You know, her hair never yeah. moved. It was like gorgeous still. And I just feel that that's unrealistic fighting. I mean, not to like compare it to a Marvel movie because I don't want to do that, but just shooting it out there really quick one of the things that someone pointed out in Ant-Man and the Wasp was, you know, when Hope fought a battle and she took her helmet off, you know, she was sweaty. Her hair was sticking to her face, you know, it was realistic. So Mm -hmm. in Wonder Woman where we have Gal who's, you know, fighting all these like, you know, Nazi soldiers and stuff, and she still looks like she could, you know, walk the runway at a Victoria's Secret (laughs) show. I was like, you know, come on. I know that, you know, I, I know that sex sells, and I know that you want to have the beautiful woman on screen, but I just thought, come on, guys, let's be a little more realistic here. And um, honestly, I feel like her relationship with Stephen Trevor could have been developed a little more. I like that it was kind of where he's, you know, amused by the fact that she doesn't know a lot about you know, mankind, and, you know, she gets so excited about ice cream, and she's like, oh, babies, you know, I thought that was cute, like, I had no problem with that, but when they kind of, like, you know, dove headfirst into a romance with them, I was like, oh, this could have been, 
you know, develop just a little bit more, I felt like. So that those are my two problems. I mean, they were minor. They didn't certainly take away from the movie, but they were the two things that stood out to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, no, but like you said, with the chemistry between D. Trevor and, oh my goodness, Dinah Prince, good Lord. Um, I actually thought that it was perfect. And you're right, it could have been developed more, but I think that's when the sequel comes in. I, at least I hope that's what happens in the sequel, um, that their character development will become more and more. But the um, the scene when they're dancing, I feel it's like, one of the most beautiful scenes of the movie, that and the no no man's land scene, which was badass, and the cinematography cinematography for those two were amazing. But let's see, who did the cinematography for that? Rupert Grayson Williams. No, he did the score. Who did the? You know who did the I cinematography? I don't. So, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I like how this was the first successful-led female superhero as well, and this will expand upon other female superheroes that's going to come out this year. This year, even like Captain Marvel, which is I'm really excited for. I know some people have some skepticism about it, but for me. I feel like it's going to do good like any other Marvel movie besides, like, Iron Man 3 and Dark World. Dark World. Uh, um. the, the, the stains in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, those are just problems in and of itself. But... I like how they're going right now for DC. It's like focusing that one movie at a time, let those characters develop in their own movies rather than trying to force a connective a connective yeah. tissue just like Marvel is doing. I feel like that if they work each movie separately and focus on one character at a time, that's we're going to start to get more and more better movies. And then hopefully that will lead up into, like, Justice League and more movies like that. And the cinematographer was Matthew Jensen. Nice. Yeah, I I agree with you that I'm happy that they're separating them more. Um, I'm excited for Wonder Woman 1984. I am disappointed Mm -hmm. that they decided to push it out another year, but if that's what they have to do to ensure really great movies and I have no problem I actually thought it was a good, I thought that was good planning because now Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey are in the same year. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a good uh, point that you're making there. And as you said, it, I loved what it did for women, you know, little girls mm-hmm. to go and see Wonder Woman and really get into it. I mean, that's beautiful. And now we're having... And it doesn't, it doesn't overpower it either. Like right. some movies, like super feminist and not super feminist. This is like a 
Wonder Woman is like really equal in between the two, and it still empowers women, and it can even empower men at the same time as well. Yeah, I think it was a movie that everyone could enjoy, even though it, you know, was a female-led movie, and it obviously did such great, you know, wonders for women, little girls, but men could enjoy it as well. Everyone enjoyed Wonder Woman, and we have Captain Marvel coming out in a few months, which I, guys, honestly, I'm going to put it out there right now on this show. I hate the whole um, comparison between Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. First of all, they are two separate worlds, and also Mm -hmm. we can... We can have two female-led movies and not have, you know, well, Wonder Woman's better, Captain Marvel's better. Let's just enjoy both of them. They're both, you know, great. Uh, Wonder Woman's great, I think Captain Marvel. I think I told you you this before, but this fandom likes to compare things. Like, I do it, and I try not to get, like, like, compare everything to each other, but this fandom likes to compare the old Marvel or DC, which one's better or not better. I feel like that's what makes uh, this fandom a little toxic. And I feel like we need to get away from that a little bit more. But isn't it's a it's a problem, I feel like, that they compare they compare yeah, each I, movie to each other. I completely agree because I don't know where that even started, um, but I would honestly like it to stop. (laughs) I'm going to put it out there right now. I would honestly like it to stop. But, yeah, um, I'm just really excited for Wonder Woman 1984. I think it's going to be super interesting, uh, them bringing back Steve Trevor. And as you said, AJ, I really hope that they take a moment to really develop their relationship. Um, It's going to be really great seeing uh, Wonder Woman kind of, you know, see Steve Trevor again. Although, now I'm thinking about it, but, okay, so correct, maybe you can help me a little now that, like, this just got on my head. But we have Wonder Woman 1984, right, which obviously takes place in the 80s, and Steve Trevor is there. But obviously something happened that Steve Trevor is not around again anymore because Justice League happened and he's clearly not around, you know, But and Justice League takes place in modern day time. How are they going to explain that? Mm, well, some people are speculating that it's time travel, but I don't think that's the case. Um, I feel like that Steve might be there temporarily to help Diana on her quest by a god or something. That's my that's my theory at least. Um yeah. I don't know. Um I feel like Patty <laughs> Jenkins knows what she's doing and she'll make his return convincing and that's all that matters right now. Uh, and I was, I don't think nineteen I don't think nineteen eighty four is in modern times, is it? It thought um, that would be a little bit like a couple years after the first Wonder Woman. Like when was was it based on the first Wonder Woman was World War One or two? Uh, the first Wonder Woman was World War Two, but I do think that 1984 is going to take place in the 80s because it's going to be exploring 
the Cold War and everything like that. So um, I, I guess we'll just have to wait to find out. We can do all the speculation in the world. But as you said, Patty Jenkins knows what she's doing. She has a good grasp on this character. Her and Gal, uh-huh. you know, work well together. So we'll just have to see where uh, Patty's, you know, where her journey, you know, where her storytelling takes us. I also want to point out, like you said before, that you didn't think God would have been a good choice for Wonder Woman because there was actually, <laughs> this is hilarious, but I had a conversation with a person, like I remember this for some reason, a couple of years ago, that the complaint was that, oh, God shouldn't be Wonder Woman because she didn't have armpit hair. <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> I thought I thought that was hilarious for some reason, but the muscle part I couldn't agree with. But after that, after she was like portraying Wonder Wonder Woman, more than like eighty five percent of the pe- um, people love Gal Gadot, and then the other ones are just in they're in denial. <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I came up with. Um, yeah. I never but heard the armpit hair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Gal Gadot is like living proof that even though the fans already have like a cast in mind of who will be the perfect casting of a certain superhero, I feel like it depends mostly on the director to like bring the full full um, potential out of an actor to give their best performance of a, a character, and then we'll, we will start to like it. Like, I always say that the fans don't really know what they want until they see see it. And well, Gaga is, is one of the examples that I feel like I'm right. Um, you know, I agree because um, who would have thought that Jason Momoa would have been Aquaman? Because mm-hmm. look at what we have in the comics. It looks different than what Jason is, but I can't imagine now anyone playing Arthur Curry other than Jason Momoa. See, that's also a good point because people always compare the movies to the comics or like books to the movies. I always say like, this is a different medium from the comics. If you want something exactly like the comics or a book, just read the comics or the book. The movies are a separate entity, and they can make their own stories. Much like the comics, they do their own stories. Nothing is ever the same. But the comic book fans always feel like that's the, yeah. the specific character they want is in the comics which is true, but there's always multiple there's multiple um characters that are the same. Like there's multiple Batmans, there's multiple Supermans that have different stories. Yeah, absolutely. And they can they can do that in the movies too. I completely agree. Um just you know, sometimes let's just trust the directors and trust the casting and you'll be surprised. So uh, and Gail and Jason Lower are perfect examples of that. So with that being said, we're going to move right along. And, AJ, you got the number four spot here. Mm, I'm debating. <laughs> um, 
at number four. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, oh, dang it. Um. <laughs> no, I might keep that for later. I'm gonna choose um Batman Year One, the animated movie. What What is it the, called? Batman Year One. Yeah, it's basically okay. um the introduction of the um Batman as he returns to Gotham and he's trying to stop crime but he knows he can't do it without like protection. He soon learns that after. And this is mostly um it's not really a Batman movie, it's more of a um a Gordon movie. And I like how they like focus on this character more and see how, like, his feelings on Gotham as a whole and then Batman's, like, another side piece to that. I feel like this is one of the better Batman movies, even though it's a Gordon movie on its own. Yeah, I I never saw Batman year one, so... I'm just going to have to take your word for it. So it's mostly a Gordon movie, like Jim Gordon? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting that they decided to focus just on him. It's, um, I feel like it's actually one of the best Batman movies, even though it's not that bad. I know that's a little difficult. It's, like, complicated. I don't even know how to, like, explain it. But I guess you can say, actually, let me correct myself. It's a Gotham City movie because mm. everything it's based on is if the main focus is Gotham City and the evil on the streets and the corruption of the cops. And then you have Batman, who's pure, and Jim Gordon, who's pure. And they're trying to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to do their best to survive. That's what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> fix fix the corruption in Gotham. Do you feel like, you know, with these anime movies that they have more of, like, a creative freedom to be a little bit more, um, you know, authentic to the comic books because it is animation um, as opposed to, like, live-action movies? Um, they have more, they, yeah, I feel like animated in general has more freedom than live action. Um, but, yeah, my, I like how on Twitter's, not even on Twitter, like Facebook or any other social media, people for like Suicide Squad, they want Assault on Arkham. Like, that's the only movie they can think of. But for like live action, I feel like it's a little bit different than animated and things will be will feel different. Just just because it's the same doesn't mean it'll work out in a in a different medium. Like animated and live action are two different mediums. And on the topic of Suicide Squad, like we already talked about um oh good God. James Gunn directing the Suicide Squad. And I feel like he's a perfect director <laughs> for um, Suicide Squad ever since um, Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. I thought he was like, 
I I was thinking to myself that he would be a really good director for Suicide Squad or actually a writer because he, with um, Guardians, he writes multiple characters and gives them each development. And it feels strong in its own way. And I feel like they can he can do that with um, Suicide Squad. But the only issue with that is that uh, I just hope they all die in the Suicide Squad so we can have a new batch of characters. Unlike you, um, I know you wanted everybody to be there, but I feel like if the Suicide Squad franchise goes on, I feel like they can do, like, new characters each time, like they're doing the comics. That's where my comic brain just kicks in. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. But um, I, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I just really like the actors and would have loved for them to – stay on and as I said kind of earlier in the show I know that all of them had been training because they were expecting to return so that's kind of why I'm a little hopeful that James Gunn kind of just keeps some of them on but before I move any further on we actually do have a, another guest with us right now uh, Leo hey. on. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? At the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Very last minute. I'm <laughs> way behind. Uh, I told Tia my aunt was over, but I was like, shit, I could just step outside real quick. Thought you had a full <laughs> panel, Tia. You got you to gotta ding that emergency bell. You know, I, I, I thought that I was going to have a huge panel because I told everyone about it and everyone was like, oh my God, DC movies, I can't wait. And so I was like, oh my God, I was almost freaking out because at the time when I told everyone, it seemed like five people were going to be on. I was like, holy shit, how do I do a show with five people? Like, I'm not even going to talk. I'm just going to be like, and you, and you, and you, and you. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, listen, AJ and I have been holding down the fort right now because we've just been going at this list. So, I mean, it gave us time to talk about other things in between. But, Leo, I am going to go through the list with you, so if you want to make any comments, you can. Um, And keep in mind, I think I was telling you, but I will say it again, that this is DC, uh, DCEU movies, DC movies, and DC animated movies. So, uh, this is is the list. This is the list so far, and I feel like you're going to be like, whoa. But anyway, so number 10 was Batman Under the Red Hood. Number nine Wait, was... Wait, that's at 10? Leo, save your comments till the end. So number 10 is Batman Under the Red Hood. Number nine is Suicide Squad. Number eight is Batman Begins. Number seven is The Dark Knight Rises. Number six is V for Vendetta. Number five is Wonder Woman. Ooh, and, smart. and and we just went over number four, which was Batman Year One. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm I'm I, wait, Red Hood is number ten, y'all? Oh, wait, wait, Leo, I'm gonna stop you for one second. I did have so uh number four was AJ's pick and he did Batman Year One and at first he was going to pick The Dark Knight. And I was like, you're going to do that at number four? Are you sure? 
Yes. Just wait for that one. Couple more slots. Couple more slots. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Give us your comments, Leo, on the list. <laughs> oh wow. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't have put Suicide Squad on at all, but uh, <laughs> that was I'm me. glad that, that was we my did choice. It. Oh boy. Uh, I'm glad we did get Red Hood on there. Year one is a good choice, man. I I really like Year One and some Batman fans are like so against the the actual uh, movie because they're like, Oh, the comic's so much better and I'm like, Well the movie does it justice, so definitely think it belongs on the list. Uh you for we talk Adam, about that, that too. One. Who picked V for Vendetta? Uh, I did. AJ did. AJ did. Nice, man. Love that choice. And nobody would even think of that to put that on the list, but that is such mm. a good movie, man. Like, kudos to you for throwing that one on there because <laughs> that's a DC comic, people. And I, I totally forget about that until you guys uh, mentioned it. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Let's see. And Batman Begins is on there. Yep. Yep. All right, so far, y'all are doing pretty good. Uh, Wonder Woman (laughs) made it, too? Yeah, Wonder Woman. We were talking about how, um, you know, at first, Gal didn't seem like maybe she was the right choice for Wonder Woman, but how she obviously proved us wrong in her performance. Yeah, uh, when you were talking earlier about, like, all the people who were, like, lined up to come on the show and then didn't end up making it. That kind of reminded me of how the DCEU is right now yeah. as a movie franchise. <laughs> like, it gets everybody hopes, everybody hopes up and everybody's super hyped up for it. And I, I'm not going to say that for Aquaman, but, man, for Justice League, gigantic letdown. Um, you get there and the movie just – the movie itself did not show up. I mean, wow. <laughs> what a mess. But, uh, There's been so many problems with the DCU. There's been so oh many problems. God. They gotta just they gotta scale back from those team ups and really just focus on the single character movies because it seems like that's mm-hmm. where their strength is is like in the Aquaman's and the Wonder Woman's and you know they are Man, Man of Steel, Steel actually too. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the, uh, Man of Steel. Um, so it's just I don't know. They need to shift the focus from those group ups because they just. They don't do a good job with the group ups at all. No, they did not. And I'm going to tell you guys, and I I repeat this story so many times because it just was hilarious to me. You know, I saw Justice League probably on its, like, last week that it was in theaters. I really had, honestly, I had no desire to go see it until I was like, you know what, let's just go see it. I went to go see it with my boyfriend, and I'm sitting there, and there's at some point during the movie that I'm like, wow, I'm really freaking bored and if I'm bored I know he's bored and I looked over and he and he literally was asleep he was my (laughs) boyfriend was asleep and I was like wow okay good job Justice League it's a perfect movie apparently to take a nap during and then there was at some point that later I went to go visit Brittany and she had never seen the movie so we decided to rent it and at some point during the movie, I don't know how it happened, but we literally both just got up and went into the kitchen and started, like, making food, and we completely forgot that the movie was even on. And so yeah. if that gives you, like, an indication on how Justice League was received by at least me, is oh, God, it was such a bad, like, matchup movie. The, those are movies that, like, 
that it proves that Warner Brothers doesn't know how to let their filmmakers do what they actually do. They're always interfering. And then once, like, Wonder Woman came out, they gave they gave Patty Jenkins, like, full control over her movie. They gave her, like, some, some leeway on it. And same with James Wan, which became, like, the most successful, like, critical hit. Fans loved it. And a billion-dollar Aquaman. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully they know that they should let their filmmakers do what they do because eventually we as fans will enjoy it as well, even though at first oh, we will say, like, oh, that's dumb or that's dumb. And then after the movie is out, everybody's raving about it. That's why Warner Brothers shouldn't, like, listen to the fandom. I'm not going to get hate for this, but <laughs> DC, <laughs> DC shouldn't no, listen you're to right. the fandom. Because we don't even know what we want until we actually get it. And once exactly. once um we have like a good director, a good writer, do something unexpected, us as fans will love it. And yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um we've seen that shown multiple times. Um before I let Leo have the number three spot, I'm going to ask a bit of a controversial question. Do you guys Uh-oh. do you guys um, think that the Snyder Cut actually exists? No. Uh, no. 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 Um, I don't think he got that far into the actual movie because I remember um, Justice League was originally slated for like – April, May, or June, like, one of those, like, kind of late spring, early summer movies, and he was, like, stepping down in February or March. Yeah, he um, left before they, the he, film finished. Exactly, and even the execs were like, oh, shit, our film's, like, not done. So I don't think that there's actually a Snyder cut, and if there is, if there was some kind of Zack Snyder form Justice League, I definitely think the execs stood over the shoulders of the editors and were like, all right, take that out, take this out, all right, get rid of that, and Snyder Cut is forever gone. Um, I don't think there's I don't think there's a finished, completed version. I don't think he even got through. He may have, may have gotten through like an hour of the movie at most, in my opinion. Um, there's probably a lot shot that Zack Snyder was the director for, but I just don't think there's a complete movie before we didn't step in. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that if they did release a quote unquote Snyder cut, that it would be such an unfinished film, and fans would be probably left a little bit even more confused than they were with what the finished product is. So I'm glad that you both agree with me. And Leo, I am going to give you the number three slot. All right, well, maybe I'm sticking this one a little bit too far in the sky, but uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman, that very first one. Um, And I just want to toss that on the list because, I mean, it was just a very iconic movie that established that character for an entire generation of people. I mean, it wasn't me, (laughs) Um, but, (laughs) like, that was my first exposure to Superman was that Christopher Reeve big blue boy scout, do things for 
do do good things just for the sake of being good type of Superman. And I don't know, that's kind of a classic Superman I miss. Like I, I did, don't get me wrong, guys. I, I did enjoy Man of Steel uh, for the longest. I did not. Um, but recently, thanks to thanks to people over here at Geek Vibes, I went back and rewatched it uh, probably last summer and really enjoyed what I saw. But that Christopher Reeve Superman, he's just so special and, and such like a, a daring and charming guy scout mantra for Superman and just him and Lois Lane has just this wonderful relationship that everybody wanted. I mean, Superman was just kind of the poster child for superhero movies for a while. So I think we got to give it up for the classics and at least get this one on the list. I mean, we got to get the original there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 mm. No, go ahead. Look here. Christopher okay. Superman, you gotta admit that is better than Suicide Squad. Oh. Uh, that that is that is no doubt. That is no doubt that Superman is better than Suicide Squad. But <laughs> would I put I it at number like... three? No, but I don't have any <laughs> spots here. <laughs> I feel I feel that the movie is a little overrated. Like, I understand why it's iconic, but that doesn't mean it... For me, it doesn't hold up. So, for now, like, movies like V for Vendetta holds up now, and it's still a good movie and a comic book movie. But for, like, Christopher Reeve's Superman, the score is iconic, and it still holds up. That's for sure. But... The movie as a whole, I feel like I don't, I don't even know. It's just I don't feel like it holds up, and I know what? that people who I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know that people still love the movie, but everything that has to do with it doesn't. I don't know. It just it feels off to me, like. I know people are going to hate I mean, me for this, but Matt, Man is Steel and Henry Cavill is a better Superman and a Superman movie and a movie in general. People are going to hate me for that, but I have no regrets saying that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, well, here's the thing about going back to the Christopher Reeve Superman. It's definitely cheesy. It's definitely before this time, but that's kind of what makes it a good movie. I mean, it's it's that cheesiness, that campiness that, you know, non-dark, non-dusty storyline, like, that just, it, it, to me, I don't know, it survives to the ages, and, and I think it has it's a, a lot a to different do time, with the nostalgia factor. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a different time. It definitely time, is. I feel. But oh, hold on, hold on. Henry Cavill? Man of Steel over... Alright, alright. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I can agree <laughs> with you on Superman 3 and 4, but those first two, man... Those are some good-ass movies. I can't watch those movies. I tried to watch them last weekend, and I couldn't get past, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie. What? Oh, man, you got to strap yourself down for those. That's so good. I've watched them before. The first time I watched those movies, I loved them, but I guess as I grew older, my my taste changed, and I just couldn't get. I can't get into them anymore. It's just like um, 
I love Batman and Robin. Well, I used to love Batman and Robin. But now but now I can't watch it anymore because of how corny the jokes are and Ugh, I can't even get into Batman. Well, that's just a bad movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, the, uh, the, the, I, I can feel it from, like, both of you. Like, both hearts dropping at the same time. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, I have to, like, almost agree with both of you because it's like I get what Leo is saying with the nostalgia. I mean, Christopher Reeves is such the iconic Superman, and if you consider what Superman, you know, like, started out as and even still is in the comic books, I mean, that, you know, goody, good, choo-choo, whatever, you know, Boy Scout pretty much. Which is corny on its own, by the way. Just Well, yeah. I feel like like that's corny on its own, but in the comics it works well. Like I said, like, comics and movies are a different medium, and it should be treated as such. Right, and but and I then I will on the opposite side agree with AJ that it is dated. It is a dated movie, um, and, and I'm sure oh, that sure. Uh, I'm sure that our parents, uh, you know, would disagree with us, or our grandparents would disagree with us. Like, oh no, it's a wonderful <laughs> movie, but you know, we have so well, much my, better I technology. I argue with my mom about this. <laughs> I mean, we have such better technology. We have better writers. I mean, I, I say this, and this is going to probably get some hate, but it feels like back in the day, and not this is not the same with every movie, because I can still watch, like, you know, I used to watch a lot of, like, old movies with my grandparents, you know, and, and I can still watch some of those, you know. Batman Returns all day. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, it and feels the, the like Batman at the time. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's good movies. It feels like at times that there wasn't like as much dedication to bringing these characters to life back in the day as there is now. Definitely, you know not. what I'm saying. I mean, definitely not. They were kind of just the the characters back in the day were were definitely looked at as kids comic books. I mean, it just it was for kids, you know. It wasn't for mm-hmm. for us. For for us and people, adults, and people and still adults. have that same mentality as well. People still have that same mentality for um, comic books. Like I forgot his name, but the um, guy that was complaining that Stan Lee was inspirational. Oh, <laughs> he. I don't. I don't want to get into much into this, but I feel like he was just doing all that for like clout. And, and it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, because he he knows that he's starting to become irrelevant, and to say that comic books movies is only for kids is basically saying, um, sports is for kids because we all started watching sports, playing sports as kids, and the and the same for comic books. But just because we usually do that, we used to do that as kids, doesn't mean we can still do it now, and. Actually, I feel like comic books have more important to say than almost any other medium. Comic books and anime, which is underrated, and and um, and um, what is it? Unsung hero. Anime is unsung hero of any medium, like movies and books and comic books. I feel like more people should watch anime. That's just a sidetrack. <laughs> I'm just sidetracking <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, completely agree there. I mean, um, I was on a 
podcast this past week for uh, Secrets of the Sire, side note, and we were talking about Bill Maher, and he was just doing it, I think, because he just wanted that controversy, almost. He wanted to say things like that. I didn't get it personally because I feel like, you know, good job, you're getting on a deceased 95-year-old, and that's okay. Like, you feel good about that? But uh, if you look at the origins of comic books, and I'm not the biggest, you know, comic book reader all the time, but all these characters were started because they wanted to send a message and it wanted to be a you know, relevant for the times, you know, where, how Captain America was Comics created. were very, very political. Yeah, <laughs> so. were very political. And if anything, I think that adults can kind of understand that more. So, um, you know, that's why Superman was created. That's why all of these characters were created at the time. So, um, you know. Bill Marshall. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't understand it. Um, I know that a lot of people got outraged. I didn't necessarily get outraged by it because what he has to say about something that I enjoy is irrelevant. I just think that he wanted to say it because, first of all, it was easy to criticize someone, again, who's dead and criticize a fandom that, you know, maybe has always... Think Think about it this way. Right now... Being a geek, being a nerd is like the cool thing, you know. Like it's it's taking over. It's so weird. Cinema. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's taking over. It's taking over cinema. It's taking over television shows. Taking over everything. But back in the day, I don't know how. I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 28. Uh, 20, you know. 22. <laughs> but you know, Eight, being yeah, 26. Oh Jesus Christ, guys! Don't make me feel 25. Old. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, being in school, that wasn't the cool thing at all. You know, that was like, so, but at this point, we are the majority here. We're, you know, most of the time you look at the blockbusters, what's the blockbuster, right? It's a comic book movie. It's mm-hmm. nothing else. So, honestly, I just think that Dilmar has that old school mentality where, you know, the people who read comic books are the kids that you beat up back in school. And sorry, that's just not how it is anymore. But Bill Maher is a conversation for another day. So Leo got the number three spot, which was the original Superman of Christopher Reeve. AJ, I'm going to give you the number two spot. Okay. Well, I hope you choose (laughs) the right one for the number one spot, but I'm going to choose for number two spot, Man of Steel. (laughs) Superman twice in a row. Man of Steel, like I said before, Henry Cavill, um, he actually is Superman. I feel like not. Uh, what should I say? I don't have any notes on this one, but um, the complaint that people always gives when when I always debate with Man of Steel, I always hear that uh, he lets the city get um, get destroyed or or oh, why did he kill Zod? And that's not in his character because of the comic books. Like I always say before, that the comic books aren't the same as the movies. And for this movie, it fits well. And Henry Henry Cavill makes his own portrayal of Superman, and it works perfectly, I feel like. And 
Let's see. And um, General Zod. I can't even think of his name. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon as General Zod, I feel like, is the second best DC here, um, DC <laughs> villain um, of all DC movies in general. Like, let's see. Um, yeah, he's a layered char- um, character, and he's, like, different from the Joker, which I think is the best villain of all time. But, um... Zod, he loves he loves his planet so much that he was willing to kill for it. But people didn't. See. He's basically Thanos, but a little lower scale. And I feel like he knows what he's doing. He feels like is right, and that's what makes him a compelling villain to me. And he fits well with the movie with um Henry Cavill Superman as well. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I think that Man of Steel for number two is a great uh, choice. I think that we are all sitting here still waiting for a Man of Steel sequel that I'm not sure will ever happen at this point, unfortunately. Speak for yourself. It will happen. It will happen. <laughs> they already have it. They already have it. Um, they already have the actors. They already have the writers. They already have it ready. They're just not saying anything. What do you mean? We don't Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is talking about is on the edge anyway. You know, oh my I, goodness, I know, man! I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about a Man of Steel two if it's ever gonna happen. It should have happened right after Man of Steel, man. Did they not learn from Marvel? I mean, should have happened to be right new, after Man of Steel. Gonna be, this is basically going to be like a new revamped. DC DC world right now, so having yeah, a Man of Steel sequel, perfect. With Man of Steel sequel with Batman movie with Matt Reeves, um, Shazam. No, no, no. They could just pull a I've, James Gunn and just call it the Man of Steel. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what are, what are your thoughts on James Gunn directing um Suicide the Suicide Squad? Ooh, um, I'm excited, man. I mean, because I'm sorry, that David Ayer directed Suicide Squad was a mess. Uh, so I, I'm thinking I have to disagree James on that Gunn one. It was, the, it was the editing for um, David Ayer. It was, it was the editing. Oh, I thought it was the biggest mess for Suicide Squad. I think the entire movie was a mess, man. Oh, you thought Harley Quinn was a mess? You, you thought Harley Quinn was a mess? Oh, and Tasha's She's was probably shit. the only one that got away with it. Her and maybe a little bit of Deadshot. But even the second half of the movie, I was like, all right, Deadshot, what are we doing? You're suddenly working for, for Flag all of a sudden? I don't know, man. It just it screamed mess for me. Um, <laughs> do I think I like Gun can be better? Fuck yes. I think he can bring us a much better like, soundtrack. I think he, he yeah. can establish mm-hmm. much better relationships between the characters. Not just oh, let's randomly help this flat guy who who <laughs> has us in these shot collars the whole time, guys. Come on! No, that was dumb. Uh, and I think, but I think that uh, James Gunn could come back and kind of make some sense of everything that's happening. Because man, that second half of Suicide Squad, I he's just gonna restart I, everything. What's going on? Um, yes, guys, just gonna I, restart everything. Uh, I, I think that James Gunn is going to do a great, great job at Suicide Squad. I think that 
if you're going to bring James Gunn into the DC universe, this is the perfect movie to do so. Um, you know, he has free range of characters. He's going to have this awesome soundtrack. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I picked it as number nine, so I like the Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> and that being said, so that being said I didn't like it. So this enjoyable. is... This is the the thing, Leo. I didn't like the Enchantress uh, plot that they had there. I think they needed to take her. But they recognized that. They recognized that. I mean, they interviewed that. The fact that they didn't recognize it earlier is the problem. Yeah, but they still threw her in the movie. She's hula hula dancing to create those goddamn (laughs) zombie monsters. I'm just not okay with it. I, listen, that that could be a discussion for another day. Um, you know, we could have a debate about that. But going back to Man of Steel, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I thought that he, he was Superman. a good. I, I thought no. that was a good casting choice, personally. Um, just because, listen, I, I think that the whole Justice League thing is almost like a stain on Henry Cavill's. Superman and his career as you know, the man of steel. Oh, that was a terrible fucking movie too. I'm sorry. Excuse my French, but that was a terrible movie as well. My uh, <laughs> Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh, I, I don't know if I told you this, guys, but I didn't go see that in theaters either. I got it online, and after wow. watching it, I, I was like angry. I was, like, angry, and I go, I want my money back. But then I realized that I didn't even pay for it. But I was like, I still want my money back. Because the three hours of my life that I lost watching that movie was just terrible. The whole Martha subplot, uh, that was a terrible movie to, like, bring, you know, Batman and Superman together. And but I don't that know what Batman warehouse scene. The Batman yeah, Warehouse, Batman Warehouse was, oh. was a legendary, but that was mm-hmm. the best part of the movie. And imagine standing and, in line, Tia, shaking with your movie ticket in, in, in excitement, seeing the <laughs> Thursday preview, the first showing, just fucking jumping with the way and then getting in there and seeing that mess. <laughs> God, that was rough. Um, not to get too controversial here, but, you know, I feel like I already got yelled at for this in a previous uh, show Uh-oh. with Juwan, he yelled at me as well. So it's okay, you guys can yell at me too. Uh, I hate Ben Affleck as Batman. No. God. <laughs> yep, I'm cool with it. Wait, I'm hold cool on. with it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, do you I, hate I'm Ben down, Affleck as an actor or as Batman? Like, do you hate him as a as a person or as Batman? To say that I, I hate someone, to, but to say I hate someone that I don't know is a little. Uh, okay, you know, dislike. Uh, I'm sorry, dislike. Oh, no, <laughs> Some people <laughs> hate Tom Cruise, yo. <laughs> well, see, the thing is that, all right, so you, obviously I'm assuming you guys, like, watch Family Guy. I don't know if you all remember, mm. there's, there's, like, this scene where Peter's, like, it's like Ben Affleck preparing for a role, and the cutaway scene is Ben Affleck going, oh, my God, I have to play King Henry in an hour. And he's like, hello, hello, great, got it. And I'm like, that's how he prepares. For Batman, and I have just not liked the casting since it happened. He looks tired. I'm tired. Everyone's tired yep. of it, and mm-hmm. I feel like everyone, being, you know, everyone. And he was half baked. 
Oh, God. No, yes, he, he no, 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 no. He was not half-baked. He was half-baked motherfucker. He was, yes, half, he was. He was half-baked in Justice League. I don't know what the shit He was half-baked in BBS too, man. No, he was not. He was a like, bad Do you bleed? I'm like, you could come up with that. <laughs> that was, like, that was an amazing line. What are you smoking? That was a... Do you bleed? Bleed. <laughs> and that oh my That's, that's how he said it. It sounded weak as shit. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That robo voice is really you, you need up, to man. You need to watch the clip of that again. I think you can. I watched it before sweat. coming on the show. And I was like, I'm not feeling this shit. Oh, I'm like, oh, no, man. I don't, I, I don't bleed. If, if that's what it takes to get you to stop talking like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I can't get behind Ben Affleck. Like he comes out sometimes with good movies. I'm not saying that he's like the worst actor out there and he doesn't have like good shit. But it's like the way he portrayed Batman. I listen, all right, I'm gonna throw this out there. I was speaking to Juwan about it and he kinda like brought up a kind of good point where he said that, you know, this guy probably thought that he was just coming in for like a one shot as Batman. And maybe he didn't necessarily Fair. know that they were like gonna like lock him in or something like that, you know. And maybe that's the whole thing. But I just don't think he wants to play Batman anymore. You know, everyone's like, oh, only my Batman. He's my Batman. I'm like, I don't think Ben wants to do it anymore. I think that he's fucking tired. I'm tired. Like I'm, I get tired. But that's after Batman versus Superman. What you're speaking of is Justice League, which I do agree I with. Bad Batman. I hate him in Batman versus Superman too. I was like, I was like, oh, I, I'll be honest, that stunt double, that stunt double in the warehouse did a damn good yeah. job. I'll say yeah. that. Like maybe mm-hmm. we can make him Batman because that was um, that was phenomenal. Who do y'all want it? for Batman? And yeah. um, Matt Reeves Batman. Mm, oh, I'll let you go first. Ben I knew you were going to say Ben fucking Barnes. I knew it. I knew it. Listen, I think you'd be – Matt Reeves wants a younger Batman, right? And mm-hmm. Ben Barnes wants to play Batman. And I think that he could potentially do it. I think that if they gave him a shot, I think that he would be able to do it. I'm not married to the idea of it. I'm perfectly okay if they want to, like, suggest someone else. But Matt Reeves has already said that he wants to pick a familiar face so Ben Barnes would be a familiar face to do it. Um, that's just my thing. But, again, I'm not married to the idea if they want to bring someone else in. Um, you know, I still thought that John Hamm could have been a pretty good Batman, yes. but he obviously yes. doesn't. But he's yeah. older, though. Yeah, well, that's no, what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's older. younger Batman, but he's older. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he wouldn't fit the age profile of what Matt Reeves is looking for. You know, he wants to. But if you, if you took that away, if you were like, who cares about the age, bring in John Hamm. Again, John Hamm wants yes. to do it. He would be amazing. And first of all, I hate these, like, people who are like, oh, no, he's so much older than Ben Affleck. I look. He's, like, a year older. He's a year <laughs> older. Like, calm down. And he doesn't look it. He doesn't at all. Oh, he so looks I. Yeah, he looked younger, so I think that if you want to pick a younger one, I would not be mad if they picked Ben Barnes. So, Leo, who do you want to see as uh, Batman? Uh, Nick Jonas. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you were joking oh, there. 
Oh, God. Um, he did come out and say he would love to be Batman, but um, I'm down for, like, I've seen Army Hammer tossed out as a um, candidate. Down for that. Uh, if I can get over the Rob Stark, maybe Richard Madden would be pretty cool. Um, but I don't know if I could get over Rob Stark for that. Uh, like, my perfect my perfect Batman is John Hamm. I'm just going to come out and say it. Like, I just... I wish there was some way to make John Hamm as as Batman, and I know he wants the younger Batman, but man, he would have made just like a much better Batman. They, um, they, they can bring in John Hamm if they want to do another Justice League, just swap him out for Ben Affleck. No yeah, one just will swap complain. him out. I'm super down for that. Um, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. Um, but he's but already available. Yeah, available. I don't think Jake um, would do oh, it. Oh, that's right, Mysterio, Mysterio. Well, I have my three: John Hamm, oh, Army Hammer, talk, or Richard ha- Madden. Talk, talk not Nick Did y'all see um Velvet Velvet Buzzsaw? Yep. Yo, he is ripped in that movie. Yeah. Ripped. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's in God. hella shape. When he was locked out of the gym, I was like, "Damn, Jake, you've been on the damn sit-ups, bro." <laughs> he's, he's preparing for something. I, he's preparing for something. Uh, yeah, actually, maybe. <laughs> real, uh, Juwan and I actually did a Velvet Buzzsaw um, review yesterday, and I believe it's up on Twitter now. So if anyone's listening, go listen to that as well. But uh, yeah, um, Jake Gyllenhaal would be a good Batman, but I just don't think he would do it considering now he's uh, in Marvel. But Locked into Marvel. But man, he'd be a good bat- younger Batman, like a middle-aged kind of. I've been fighting yeah, crime he, for a couple of years, five, six years, type of Batman. Because he is, like, 40, which you, like, look at him, and he still looks like he's in his 20s, but he is, like, 40 years old, so. Yeah, he's um, got the baby face look going. He's got the baby face, but I, I think that I'm still going to throw in John Hamm. Matt Reeves, just bring in John Hamm. It's okay. We'll Please, forgive you. But. Just fuck <laughs> the young Batman. Bring in John Hamm. <laughs> but, uh, so, we got... 20 minutes left, and I want to reserve that for our number one because I know we're going to talk about it a lot. If you are oh, just joining, if uh, if you're just joining <laughs> us, we are doing the top 10 DC movies, and I'm going to go through the list really quick now. Uh, so we got Batman Under the Red Hood, Suicide Squad, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises, V for Vendetta, Wonder Woman, Batman Year One, Superman, Creed, uh, Christopher Reeves rendition, Man of Steel, and for number one, I'm going to put it over to Leo, because I know what he's going to pick. And you he's better going to pick it right. right by us. You better pick it right. <laughs> Wait, better what? I thought you were going to put the number one. Because you All right, Dark Knight. On. You just, there you we just go. came on. We got to give it to you. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Where is before, she? I mean, dude, it's just... Huh. Before Leo gets too much into this, I just have to do a funny thing. So Brittany was going to be on with us today. She couldn't. And Leo said to me, literally, if Brittany puts the Dark Knight on any other spot other than number one, I'm going to freak out. So <laughs> <laughs> More like I'm just going to hang up and then we'll be like, Leo? What? what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dark Knight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Oh, I don't think. I don't think much needs to be said about how phenomenal that movie is. The soundtrack, the cinematography, the damn Joker, 
Batman, the, the Gotham, just everything. Oh my God! Even Lucius Fox, guys, like every every detail of the Dark Knight is the most epic movie. I don't know how the hell it wasn't nominated. How that wasn't the first best picture uh, superhero film because that year they put fucking Benjamin Button in over Dark Knight. <laughs> what kind of embarrassment is that? Um, that was such a good movie. I mean, you had a grounded Batman who's coming from Batman Begins just rise up to these adversaries who are almost absolutely unstoppable. Um, Joker, somebody who has no superpowers, being absolutely unstoppable and just this this dark evil. Ooh, we. Uh, the, the, the sirens are going for him already. Um, just this evil, maniacal man who's just more of an anarchist than he is like our traditional kind of Joker. He does act a lot more like the villain Anarchy, but I think it was such a good mix coming from. Um, Oh God! Uh, what's his name? Homeboy who passed away. Uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Wow. Um, forgot his name for a second. But um, I think that was just a product of his his phenomenal acting in that role. And honestly, he stole the show um, from Christian Bale for me. Uh, I watched that movie for that Joker, and it's just it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just one of the the like when you think of top 10 movies of all time. Like, that is on the list for me. It is the best superhero film, period. Uh, that soundtrack cannot be topped. Really, I'm not going to lie, I was I was one of those people that was like, but why wouldn't you put this Batman in the DCEU? Because that was such <laughs> a good trilogy. Like, and I know Nolan didn't want anything to do with the, the new extended universe, but man, I'm sorry, that would have been, that would have been the fucking move to make. Uh, it, it, Dark Knight. Dark Knight is so good. Sorry, I, and I, I feel like bad because I just want to spew out as well because it was so good. I mean, even from the opening sequence that, it, you, and then the introduction to the Joker, and he's just standing there with the mask, and you don't know what's in that purse, and yeah. it's the mask. The, the mastermind between, behind all of that was just so amazing. As you said, Heath Ledger definitely stole the show from uh, Christian Bale, which is, you know, Christian Bale did an amazing job as Batman. He was fantastic um, in it. And the whole tragedy, I mean, talk, first of all, side note, talk about swapping in actresses. I mean, Katie Holmes played Rachel in Batman Begins, and then they just brought in Maggie Gyllenhaal for Rachel. And they're like, it's okay, just, you know. This is the same character. And but, nobody cared. And, and nobody cared. Um, you know, that one scene where, and again, we can talk about, like, the Joker so much. I mean, his introduction into that party with, you know, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Michael Caine had lines in that scene, and he couldn't say any of them because it was his first time seeing Heath Ledger as the Joker. It was just terrifying. I mean, this whole the whole mastery of it, the whole storytelling. I even love Harvey Dent in it, how, you know, Batman was so invested that this was going to be the, the white knight. This was going to be Gotham's hope where, you know, someone like him as Batman didn't need to exist because you had someone like Harvey Dent, but then he got corrupted because 
that's what the Joker does. He just corrupts people. I mean, the whole storytelling, the whole, it was just so, just so amazing. Let me pose this question to y'all real quick. Mm -hmm. Do you think that these movies kind of fucked it up for Ben Affleck a little? Like, do you guys think that if these movies, let's just say, like, they went with the DCEU way earlier and they just didn't even make the Dark Knight trilogy, God for fucking did. But um, they did not do that, and they just kind of started Ben Affleck. In the, do you guys would have been a little bit of a better movie had The no. Dark Knight not come before it? First no. of all, I think that they cast Ben Affleck way too soon after Christian Bale. They way had, like, soon. Li- way they soon. Literally, they pulled the trigger on that shit. They literally finished up with The Dark Knight Rises and then instantly were like, Ben Affleck. So I think that did hurt it where people were like, wait, we just finished this amazing trilogy. Let it sit for a second, you know? So I, I do oh. think that a little bit, um, you know, was in that, but I'll, I'll let AJ, you know, tell what he thinks about that. I, I think there was a problem of casting Ben Affleck as, as Batman as soon as it hit. Um, the problem is that, what is it, people... I guess this is a problem. Oh no. Um, people <laughs> always, people always. Um, just because something works, like Leo, like what you said, Leo, that you wish that the Dark Knight trilogy was in the DC extended universe. I don't believe that it should have been. Like the Christopher, the Christopher Nolan's trilogy works perfectly as its own, like own universe as a Batman universe. And oh, I completely agree now. Back then, I was locked on yeah. that decision, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, this is actually, a, I actually viewed The Dark Knight as the second best superhero movie of all time, but I do have, like, a lot of issues with it, like Christian Bale's Batman, I don't really care for. The oh. voice, and <laughs> The voice of Tony Soprano are very, very the same. Like his fighting style is very much oh, yeah. like punch, 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 and they're like half thrown. I know, I know why Christopher Nolan did that is because he wanted to focus on the storytelling rather than the action sequences. But I feel like you need the action sequences for Batman and incorporate it with the storytelling to make it an actual perfect Batman movie or just a perfect movie in general. Like, my first favorite superhero movie is Logan. And they use the brutality uh, of Logan and the caring of Logan to incorporate that in the story, which I feel like makes it a better superhero than any other superhero the movie. The villains time. you're seeing are better than Joker? Uh, no, 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 no. The Joker is the best villain of all time. But the villains in Logan help build up Logan. The villain in The Dark Knight raises the Joker up in a higher capacity than Batman himself. Like you guys said, that Joker made the Batman movie, the Dark Knight movie. The antagonist of the movie needs to like build up the character. And I feel like <laughs> Heath Ledger's performance and as the Joker, like, brought him down a notch, brought down Christian Bale as Batman a notch. 
that's why I didn't like Batman as much as I sort of. And go oh, sorry, what? Um, I mean the the Dark Knight is all about Heath Ledger's Joker, which is amazing because even me myself, I and I think we talked about this last week, Leo. You know, no one expected Heath Ledger to actually put on a good performance, and he yeah, fucking yeah, killed yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. and by the way, Leo kind of go off on where you said, you know, you were wondering why the Dark Knight hadn't gotten nominated. I think because at the time that the Dark Knight came out, which I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, 2005, yeah. you know, it was superhero movies think weren't, they, yeah, superheroes weren't looked up at the Oscars, people mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't want to nominate them then, but now they want to nominate so Black Death- Panther. It was definitely a stepping stone for Black Panther to get nominated. Not Black Panther for is sure. definitely not going to win the Oscar. Nah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it winning just because it, it is still. I think there's still there's still the Bill Mars of the world who uh, look down on <laughs> comic books. You know, I, that sounds so bad because essentially we're like now feeding into his comments. But I just don't think that Black Panther will win strictly because of that stigma, even though, I mean, I haven't really seen what else is nominated. I haven't seen any of those movies, but I just, like, what do they have? I don't know. That's a discussion for a different day, but I think that we could all agree, well, except AJ, but no, (laughs) we could all agree (laughs) that The Dark Knight is, like, the best, like, comic book movie, although I have to then agree with AJ that Logan was a freaking masterpiece, and that also it was yeah. that should have been nominated. That was a fantastic story, and it's one of the things where it did it, get nominated it, for um, best screenplay or best screenplay yep, adapted. Uh, best adapted screenplay. screenplay, yeah. It's almost when they kind of like remove themselves a little from like the when they remove themselves from the traditional storytelling of comic books, that they almost do a better job because of, like, yes. Dark Knight and Logan. I mean, they don't concentrate so much on being a comic book movie, and they just concentrate on just being a good story. A movie. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I agree with. See, Marvel, I, Marvel does that, too. Like, they focus on their movies specifically, but Kevin Feige gave them, like, specific rules and plans, but in general, the filmmakers have, like, full control over their movies as long as they stay in that vicinity of what Kevin Feige wants. And that's why it works well um, as a connective tissue rather than the DC movies where the people try to, like, force things into each other. I I don't even think they had a plan. Oh, well, they, they did. did. Zack Snyder, Zach, Zach Snyder had a plan, but Warner Brothers didn't have a plan, and nope. I feel like they didn't communicate well together, and that's what made the the DCU fail a lot. And I hope they understand that, so they can like fix that with like Shazam. They they are doing the right with Aquaman. They did do it right with Aquaman, but I hope they continue with that for like Shazam, Wonder Woman, and are you? Are you guys excited for the future of the DCEU, and are you excited for Shazam coming out? Yes. Um, I ever, am, um, for sure. Since, um, ever since Aquaman came out, I started to get more Same. hope. 
And again, it's uh, uh, Warner Brothers like makes it nasty because Wonder Woman actually started giving me hope, and then you have like Justice League. But <laughs> ever ever since then, like the the switch in like leadership, and then we get Aquaman. I feel like Walter Mata will like have everything in control, and he will have a specific plan for his directors and writers. And then after that, he'll just let them do what they need to do to make a good movie instead of listening to the fandoms, like I said, because we don't really know what we want until, you know, we get it. Uh, are you, so, um, Leo, do you think, speaking about the Justice League, because the Justice League was essentially supposed to, you know, then set up for these characters to have their own movies going forward, do you think that the Flash movie is actually going to happen? Because it seems like it's in so much trouble. Nope. Nah, I don't think so. I think I think what they were using the Flash for for a while there was an anchor, um, and they were talking about it for a while, that it was going to be like their reset button. But I think mm-hmm. what they're doing right now is just fine. Just keep on making the movies. Make them good. Allow for the directors to have creative control. Because execs don't need to be standing over shoulders. They're fucking suits. They don't know how comics go. They need to allow the creative staff, the, the director, the writers, they need to let them breathe, have their room, and they need to just let them let them create, just like they did with, with Wonder Woman. And that's why Wonder Woman was good, because Patty Jenkins could just do her thing versus Justice League, where they're over Zach's shoulders, they're pressuring oh, and pushing out. Like, it's just like, dude, they need to allow these directors to really be directors, just like James Wan was for Aquaman. You could tell this was a James Wan movie. It wasn't a James Wan interfered by WB movie like Justice League was. It was a James Wan movie. And if they keep on flowing with that cohesiveness, I'm totally fine with The Flash not coming out for a little while, um, but Shazam looks like it can be along the same vein, hopefully as, as Aquaman, where they just allow for that create that creativity to be free and allow for the directors to really just take the control and to really put their foot on the gas. And well, since Wonder Woman was good, I'm I'm, I'm I've got faith for 84. I just got to see how Shazam goes, and then we might be on a really good track here with DC. And I think it's a good idea for them to throw the Joker in there because if they just want to start coming out with just independent movies, I'm all for that. Like you guys don't have to be this big, vast, connected universe like Marvel. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need that. Um, I just, I just want good DC films. That's all I want. I just want good DC movies, whether they're connected or not. I just want good movies. That's it. And I, I hope Warner Brothers can really see that Aquaman as an example, was was good, and they could just kind of step down and back away and allow for the creatives to step in because, I mean, that's their number one best-selling movie of all uh, of all the DC movies now. So they they got to just step back and allow for them to have the reins and control. Um, I, I don't think – I don't think Flash is going to get made, though. I think everybody's just kind of walked away. Um, from that project, I mean, I don't. They still, last they still I saw, it didn't have a director. They still, I think they still have the directors. I have to look it up. Do they? Okay, I thought they the directors director stepped away. Um, I know, the, I know the actor for Flash's dad stepped away. 
Um, <laughs> and I think the first director on the project stepped away. So, like, people kind of just kept stepping away. And then it was going to be named Flashpoint. And it, I, that was a mess. It was a mess. So I'm glad they shelved it. They didn't rush it and say, well, let's just get it out anyway, because I think that's what they did with Justice League. So keep that in the back pocket for now, and I'm cool with that. But they do need to hit the gas on that Lanterns movie now. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, what, sorry, go ahead, AJ. Uh, what, are y'all, what, um, what do you guys hope if um, Joker be, um, becomes a good hit? What do you guys, what would y'all want next after the Joker? Or Joker. Um, well, first of all, I'm excited as hell for the new Joker movie. I Same. really like what I really like so, Joaquin Phoenix and them bringing him in and essentially letting him do his thing. I think it looks great. And I, I think that people are excited for that because they barely put any, like anything out there. Like maybe we just got one picture of Heath Ledger, oh, not Heath, wow, my bad, of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and I went to New York Comic Con, and there was someone dressed up as Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker, and I was like, all right, people are already getting excited for this. So I'm super excited for this. After that, I don't really know. I'm just going to see what happens and just, you know, go with the flow pretty much. It's, um, so do a Brainiac movie. movie. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So that do a Brainiac movie. No, um, <laughs> they can really just go with any independent, like, character and just do their own movie. Like, I'd be super cool for that, like a Martian Manhunter or something. Just, like, oh, keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah. Um, guys, really quick, don't mean to cut anyone off, but we only have about, like, a minute left. So I just wanted to say really quickly that I think that this is a great list that we have come up with. Um, thank you both for being with me today. And I want to put it out. Leo, where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me on YouTube at Geekly Goods or at geeklygood.com um, and on Facebook under Geekly Goods. Uh, I don't want to run out of time, so I won't be too long with my spiel, but we uh, do donate a portion of our purchases to arts education because that's what we stand for, guys, so come check us out. Awesome. And AJ, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter <laughs> at AJ underscore <laughs> Geek Vibes. Awesome. No, and you guys, no, seriously, you guys are awesome contributors. Um, if you definitely want good content within the geek realm, definitely check both of these guys out. I know that AJ has a uh, DVD article coming out that he reviews it, so definitely look out for that. Thank you both for being with us today. My name is Pia. You can find me on Twitter at uh, TC underscore Stark. Uh, I write for Geek Vibes Nation, and I do these top tens every single week. I have no idea what next week is going to be, but I'm sure that we will figure it out. Maybe we'll do the top ten worst DC movies and put Justice League as number one. Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Um, uh, you two are killing me. It's okay. I'm fine with being in the minority of the people who actually like that movie. But thank you again for joining us. This is the top 10 for Geek 5 Nation. Have a wonderful day.